The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, you've been hearing on our news this afternoon and in conversation on this show when we spoke to Eddie Robar, the ETS branch manager, that security and security features are going to be beefed up at Edmonton Transit stations and more is in the works down the road. But we did want to take an opportunity to perhaps get a different perspective on the news. So this afternoon, we're joined by Mark Tetherington, the president of ATU Local 569, representing um, a lot of the workers there. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you today? Good. Thanks for joining us. First off, do you have any update on uh, on your on uh, the bus driver who was stabbed there a couple of weeks ago? How's he doing? Uh, last time we talked to him last week, he seems like he's in great spirits. He came into our office uh, to fill out a WCB form. Uh, he still had a puncture wound that was uh, in the groin area that it just nicked an artery and it was still oozing mm. a bit. We had to get the dressing changed on a daily basis, but he's in great spirits, surprisingly well. Okay, good, oh, good to, to hear. hear so your uh, your initial reaction to uh, the announcement about what's going to happen with the with the increased uniform personnel, the bus shields, all of that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about it. Uh, our, our members, our operators are very happy about it. Uh, there's been a lot of fear amongst the a lot of the operators who work late night service and nights period, and, and this happens during the day sometimes as well, so they're very happy about it. I think it's long overdue. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, is this something that, are some of these items that are being put in place something that your union has requested of the city previously? Yes, uh, more so this last uh, year or so, uh, Andrew. Uh, this last year or so, we've uh, had a, or actually last three years, uh, we've had a gradual increase in the operator assaults. Uh, mainly on some of the troublesome routes, like the Route 8 uh, going down 118th Ave, uh, some of the buses going out of Jasper Place area, and sometimes out of Mill Woods as well. Hmm. What more would you like to yeah. see being done, Mark? Well, I'm very happy, like I said, with the Shields. That, the Shields is the biggest one. The Shields is a big one for you guys, yeah? Yeah, because they feel, they feel like they're safe. Uh, and they like to talk to the public. They like to interact with the public. And this is a retractable shield. It's like a regular car window in, a, in, a, in a, any vehicle. You just, it's got a power window. You just hit the button. It goes up and down, up and down. Uh, so we're going to prob- probably be uh, uh, telling our operators or asking them to, to only uh, raise it up if you feel like you're threatened. Hmm, So, you know, we talked, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, to Eddie Robar, and I was asking him, um, why not put more security, uh, double up the security in LRT stations, for example, or at those uh, transit hubs, um, or have more EPS on hand? Is that something you'd like to see as well? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I think it's going to deter a lot of... uh People who might think of uh, committing an assault or uh, even a crime of any type, uh, it's going to deter a lot of those people just by seeing that presence. And it's also good for the public. The public image, you know, they, they'll know that uh, uh, transit is safe and secure when you see those, those people there at the transit centers. Well, you know, and that's the battle, right? Because I'm sure you legitimately, obviously, want your... Uh, members to be safe. The city wants citizens to feel like they're safe. 
Um, but when there's incidents like the ones we've heard about um, in the last couple of uh, weeks or, or the mm-hmm. last month, there has to be a big question mark, right? You just, well, wait a minute, how safe is it? Or are certain routes safer than others? As you mentioned, there's trouble spots. I mean, is if you could wave a wand and had an unlimited, and thought <laughs> the city had an unlimited budget, where else would we take this? Uh, well, uh, I think uh, lighting is a big issue at the transit centers. Uh, some of them are very dark and dingy, like the mm-hmm. stadium LRT station, uh, Coliseum station. Lighting is a big part of it. Uh, I think when it's dark, uh, it seems like, uh, I hate to say this, the creepy people come out you know, when mm-hmm. it's dark. Mm-hmm. But if it's well lit, and, and if there's more people in an area, uh, I, I think they're, they're going to be less apt to assault someone or even to commit a crime. You know, I want to ask you as well, Mark, there was an idea floated out there, and I can't even tell you who floated the idea out, and I don't know if it was a councillor or if it was a... It was a city councillor. Free transit? No, I wasn't, but I do want to ask about free transit as well, but um, the idea of maybe, well, what if we taught the driver some amount of (laughs) self-defense, right? And I got to tell you, I just rolled my eyes when I heard it. I thought, well, why don't we just teach everybody a little... Did someone say something about weapons on board? Yeah, I was like, come on. I mean, what's your take on that? <laughs> yeah, uh, my take on that note. I, uh, one thing I, I, I am in agreement with, uh, we do have to uh, perhaps have a little bit better training uh, uh, teaching operators how to de-escalate a dis- difficult situation or to, uh, it's almost like a verbal judo where you can, uh, uh, you can identify people that might have mental health issues or addictions or they might be violent and uh, you, you can learn how to deal with those people, like to try to calm them down before they become too mm-hmm. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- I'd be all for that. Yeah, de-escalation tactics would mm-hmm. be would be a good thing. And since we brought it up, what about the free transit yeah, do proposal? Yeah, kind of take on that? Uh, I don't know if I want to take that on. Uh, uh, you don't have to pros. if you're not comfortable. <laughs> no, it's, it's got pros, obviously. Uh, quite a, a good number of our assaults are over a fare evasion. Mm. Um, so that part of it might be, it, it would alleviate a lot of the assaults that we do encounter, but... Uh, like I said, I don't want to get too deep. Yeah, okay. no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no. no worries. Actually, that's an interesting point that I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about. Because when I heard about free, uh, you know, free transit, my first thought wasn't about safety, but I can see where yours was. My first thought was cost is not the factor that stops most people from taking public transit. I mean, if it was free, would I be like, okay, I'm not going to drive my car anymore. I'll take the bus and the LRT. Probably not. But I know that's another issue aside from what we got you on the show to talk about. Yeah. 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 You know what, Mark? Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thanks for weighing in on this. And uh, we'll look forward to see uh, all of these things implemented, as I'm sure you and your members will as well. We look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thank right, you so much. It. It's Mark Tetterington from, uh, he's the president of ATU Local 569. I'd heard him talk about that whole, um, that most of the disputes, are disputes over, fares. over fares. And I just wouldn't, I don't know why I, wouldn't I, didn't, have thought of that, why yeah. I didn't think of that, but... So yeah. we hadn't tackled the whole... Uh, we didn't talk about free uh, transit. No, right? we got into, we had some other stuff yeah, going on there. But like I say, that was sort of my take on free transit was and, and there's always you know when they do studies on these sort of things there's always benefits that can be derived from this because mm-hmm. you say that well you know if this many more people took transit that would mean these 
many uh, these fewer cars would be on the road, and then that affects infrastructure and it affects climate and uh, you know pollution and so there's always studies right that can you know the problem becomes um, whether or not people actually want to do it mm-hmm. because if you're identifying that the biggest stumbling block of citizens is that they don't want to pay for the transit and if they and you know well, I don't think that that was it. I think what he was saying was or specifically with this one that's where most of the the violent no no i'm not uh, quoting our union guy i'm talking about the problem with paying it no the idea that uh was put forward by a counselor Mm. that we should uh, perhaps take a look at and uh, you know yes it's worth taking a look at you get more people on the bus you get less people on the cars and maybe there's a savings there i mean you have a very heavily you know funded yeah (laughs) uh system as it is right and that's just it. And I know the idea was floated as well that there's, you know, low-income mm-hmm. individuals that, you know, can't afford it now and that kind of thing. But if I'm not mistaken, there's programs in place for that already. And I know that there's certain redu- certainly reduced fares for students, for example, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of these programs in place already to sort of deal with um, people who cannot afford full fare. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, like I say, when they talk about bike lanes. Oh, did I say bike lanes? But when they talk about bike lanes, for example, and they say, well, you know what? This bike lane has a capacity of a thousand bikes. Yeah, but are you going to get a thousand bikes? That's the the gondola. It has a capacity of, yeah, but are you going to get that many people? Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, Andrew, there's a a bus stop not too far from your house, and I know that because I lived lived right over there. There's a bus stop right there that you could probably mm, take uh, one switch somewhere and be dropped off right out in front of, uh, of course, radio. Yeah. W- would you do it to come to work and go home? No. And here's the other thing. Like when I used to go to Toronto twice a year, I wouldn't have a car. I mm-hmm. took their transit all the time. And I'm not suggesting their transit's any better or worse than ours. They have a subway instead of an LRT. Mm-hmm. They got the buses, right? Out of necessity, I took it. Um, I found it convenient enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if I were given a choice to drive or take the bus, I would drive. So that's, I guess, what I'm saying is that the only way you're going to get all the citizens wanting to take public transit is to make it impossible for them to drive. And otherwise, we're a car-centric city. Well, and just the way the city's been built. It's just the way that the city has uh, been built over the years. We're, We're seemingly... I think decades behind on yeah. on, uh, on on the on a train system. I mean, if if I had easy access to a train that had many offshoots and all that sort of stuff, I I'd be happy to take a train. I really would. Yeah. But again, I'll say it again. I'm not driving 20 minutes to no. a park and ride to take a bus to the LRT. Well, and I don't want to have. And again, we've talked about it at, at nauseum, so I won't bring it up again, except to say and deal with the parking situation. Then I know you want me to get on a bus to get to the LRT. But let's meet halfway. I'll drive to the LRT and get on mm-hmm. for you. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. I need to park somewhere. And not just park at a reasonable price. Like, yeah. just park somewhere. Like, you can't... Southgate actually has people patrolling their parking lot mm-hmm. to ticket you if mm-hmm. you don't go in the mm-hmm. mall. You know, to the point where having not been able to find a spot anywhere else, I've gone to Southgate, walked in the mall, and then come out another out. entrance, yeah. and got on, gotten onto the LRT. There's a lot more. Uh, there's just a whole lot of moving parts to this thing, right? And I don't know that we we haven't got it right yet. We have not got it right yet. This 
Spencer says, I'd rather ride my bike over an hour to work than take a bus, even if it was free. And then um, when we get self-driving taxis, there won't, many, won't be many people taking the train, hmm. someone says. Uh, Trent says, if public transit was free, I'd take it all the time. For me, it's 100% cost. There you go. Yeah. We're all different. Well, it's, it's all different, yeah. We're just, this city is so spread out. Do you want to tell people about this real quick? Uh, the EPS? Sure, it's interesting. It is. The EPS has come up with their policy now, as every organization mm-hmm. is going to have to do, uh, with uh, how they're going to handle cannabis use by their members. Um, listen to this. Um, all sworn members, police officers of the EPS, will be prohibited from using recreational mm-hmm. cannabis period. This prohibition will be reviewed every six months and altered as necessary to account for any developments in the science or law regarding impairment or testing of Mm -hmm. cannabis. But they're having a strict zero tolerance. They can't use it if they're a police officer. Yeah, they say police are held to a different standard than civilians and may be called for duty at any time in the event of an emergency. So there's that one. And then on the RCMP front, um, apparently the Mounties are going to be banning um, members from using pot almost a month before any shift. Um, RCMP will not be allowed to consume cannabis within 28 days of a shift. 28 days of a shift. Uh, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. So well, uh, pretty much just... What is there, part-time Mounties out there? I'm not well, I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> Every 28 days. Day one of holidays, that's it, right? <laughs> well, is that even true? Unless they get well, 28 de- days of holiday well, and take yeah, them consecutively. Depends on, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and interesting, because the Department of Natural, uh, Natural, de- Natural National Defense... Um, has said, um, what was it, a 24-hour ban will be imposed for members operating or handling uh, loaded firearms or explosives, performing emergency response duty, or loading or maintaining military aircraft. There will be a 28-day ban for members serving on Canadian submarines, crew members in military aircraft, and drone operators uh, as well. And then prior to that, it's uh, it's an eight-hour so um, eight hours uh, members will be banned from consuming marijuana eight hours before duty and then it, it then it breaks down depending on what job you're doing in the military I get the reasoning here is that the police could be called upon at any moment to go to an emergency mm. I get it and so that makes sense but if that's true if that's the reasoning then should they be allowed to drink no <laughs> right you know like no it doesn't and come on think really wouldn't you just say, like, isn't it like radio? And maybe it's not, where they phone you up and say, "We need you coming to the station." You go, uh, "Bad news, I'm drunk." You know what I mean? Like, just okay. We'll get somebody else to come in. I, I'm not talking about a shift from two till six. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about a, a, a catastrophe at you know midnight or on a weekend or whatever. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, honestly, because it's just come across the desk and I'm looking at it for the first time, but it does feel to me like if that's the reasoning... We both read it and went, what? Yeah, like if that's the reasoning, then they shouldn't be allowed... All sworn members of the EPS prohibited from using recreational cannabis. It's going to be reviewed every six months, altered as necessary to account for any developments in the science or law regarding use, impairment, or testing. Good luck with that one. (laughs) The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.